0: Hello everyone, this is Tom from Shared Sagas. As proud members of the D20 Radio Network of Shows, I wanted to do a shout out this week to another podcast on our fine network, particularly because we are going to be running our one shot of the Trinity Continuum quick start. This podcast is all about the Trinity Continuum and they are Opcast, Arms Around the Trinity Continuum. It's a review and retrospective podcast. It covers the Trinity tabletop role playing series, the entire series both old and new first and second edition join them as they explore the era-spanning multi-genre games that range from pulp adventure celebrity superheroes psychic space opera and everything in between it's a really great show i've recently discovered them and have been enjoying them thoroughly so if you like what you hear today with the one shot of trinity continuum core and some future one shots we have coming up then you owe it to yourself to check them out and now on with the show
1: With D20 Radio, where gamers roll. 20 radiocom You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Greetings, and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be our special one-shot of the Trinity Continuum core game. Uh, my name is Tom, I will be running the game today, and we're actually going to be using the official Trinity Continuum Jumpstart adventure, which is a quantum leap, using the pre-gen characters that are in there. It is produced by Onyx Path Publishing and is available from Drive-Thru RPG. If you like what you hear, go ahead and check it out. So, the Trinity Continuum is a game line. It is an entire series of games. Broadly speaking, they are all action, adventure, procedural, science fiction. Uh, but every single point in the Trinity Continuum's timeline has a separate game that is its own subgenre of that previously described overall setting idea. So, the contemporary one. Is all about playing extraordinary individuals that you would see in movies and television, such as The Fast and the Furious, Mission Impossible, Charlie's Angels, Leverage, etc. You know, you are people that are capable of using an energy called flux energy, which is this sort of pseudoscience explanation uh, for how you can pull off these amazing feats that you see the people in those movies and TV shows do. There is also a superhero setting called Aberrant, which is another one, which is set, you know, 10 years in the future where An event causes several people to erupt and become superheroes. So if you want to get your sci-fi superhero fix, that's aberrant. And then in the far future, over a hundred years in the future, you have got Aeon, and Aeon is the game that you play if you want to play, you know, Mass Effect, Star Trek, that kind of thing. And then possibly one of my favorites is back in the thirties, in 1934, there was a game called Adventure, which had a very successful Kickstarter and is going to be coming out uh, in the near future. That is all about playing the pulp serials of the 1930s. So Super Science, Indiana Jones, The Shadow, Doc Savage, etc. But the one we're playing today is the contemporary setting. Technically, it's not quite contemporary because the events of Aeon begin in 2018. So this game will actually be set in 2017. But let us all go around the table and meet our characters.
1: Hello, my name is Nadia and I'll be playing Cynthia Smith. She goes by Trace. Uh, She uh, is the product of a secret joint department special training program designed to create and train deep undercover operatives. The project was lost in some shuffling um, and changing administrations. Uh, So she uh, essentially fell out of a job and a purpose. And now she, uh, under her own steam, travels the globe, searching out others abandoned by the project as well, with nothing but her own moral compass to guide her. She's a little... Uncomfortable with emotions, so can be quite stilted and generally uncomfortable when she is herself, but she is so often not herself, being somebody who plays roles of, of different characters uh, as a part of the way that she moves through the world and works her job.
0: That's awesome. And yeah, I'm definitely seeing some Jason Bourne Treadstone vibes there you know rather than create a super assassin create a super deep cover operative type thing that's really cool yeah uh mark
2: uh yes i am mark i am playing Archie anderson uh aka scope uh, he is a tactician and a sniper basically just a doesn't like getting close to people <laughs> in any sense of the term
1: <laughs> uh so far we've got two socially awkward people in the group. Yeah, and you're the <laughs> face. Yeah. But I heard that and I was like, oh <laughs> <laughs> But you can put it on, you can lie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it, it's easy to lie when you're not yourself. Mm. And so appropriately enough, scope is good at
2: sniping. At yeah, shooting things. Yes. As I said, uh, tactician and uh, sniper, so very much uh spent some time in the army. I believe the implication here is the uh, UK army. Uh type of that one or the Nigerian one. He's a child mixed descent. Uh, and, yeah, just got out and is now just doing his thing. Likes to stay back, likes to analyse the ch- situation. It's not that he doesn't like it to get his hands dirty. He just likes to sort of
3: to have it all happen over there. Hmm. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And Ben? Hi, I'm Ben. I am playing Victoria Armoury. She was raised by her father, who was an ex-KGB Special Forces operative, and has grown up in the wilderness and has become quite acclimatised to it. At the age of 14, Victoria distinguished herself by joining a local search and rescue squad that was captured by uh, some sort of extreme tourist internet travel show, who had hired her services to show them the heart of Russian uh, wilderness. She was filmed saving them after they didn't listen to her advice (laughs) and had put themselves in danger and so found herself going viral. Uh, That's very
1: real. (laughs) um,
3: Victoria uh, wants to do some good in the world and also reclaim the Russian stereotype about them being the bad guys. She's not only just a survivalist, but she has also learned no small amount of close combat techniques from her special operator's father and while she's adverse to killing and not necessarily in a hurry to reduce everything to uh fisticuffs she can make these hard choices when called upon
0: fantastic so you don't like violence you're just good at it yes splendid and I, i'm getting some definite hannah vibes you know yeah, from we'll the tv se- the tv series and movies mm-hmm. raised in the wilderness to be a yeah. badass um mm. by your special ops father yes De- definitely, definitely got some vibes of hannah that's for sure but mm. either the movie or the tv show which i haven't seen
3: i haven't seen the tv show either but the movie's fantastic it is
0: good it is lots of fun eric barner is a national treasure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so, that brings us to our setup for today. So, all of the factions in Trinity Corps, and there are quite a few, or as they are called Allegiances, have got a distinct flavour mimicking, or emulating I should say, one of the sort of sub-genres of contemporary action-adventure procedural fiction. So. For example, there is an allegiance called the Global Cartography Initiative. So if you want to play Tomb Raider or Uncharted, that's what you play. You are all members of the Global Cartography Initiative, and you go around the world looking for strange artifacts and things that relate to, you know, flux and super science and other mystical potential things. One of the other ones is Nine or Department 9, which is what you want to play if you want to be a sort of a pseudo-government Men in Black type setup. And that's, you know, if you want to emulate shows like Fringe or The X-Files or Men in Black. And then what we're playing today, though, is you are all members of Pharaoh's Light Keepers. And this is very, very much Charlie's Angels. Mm -hmm. So a mysterious, incredibly wealthy, secretive figure draws people from all over the world with a whole bunch of different skill sets that want to do some good and put them in a well-funded position to do exactly that. It's a great default setting for the campaign, which is why I think they included it in the jumpstart as uh, Pharaoh's Light Keepers, because it's a great excuse to throw a bunch of people literally from all over the world together for one mission or for a whole bunch of missions, whatever your needs require. And with, with no other excuse, then Pharos has brought you all together. You don't have to role play out the... Let's
2: all decide to work together. <laughs> no, you just, you are working together. You meet in together. a tavern.
0: <laughs> yeah. you, you are all working together. That's what's happening. <laughs> you have met in a tavern some time <laughs> ago. <laughs> You know, and so the little intro for this, is just, just to give an idea, so it, it's very much Charlie's Angels as the primary influence, you know? uh, yes. and there is also, I suppose, a little bit of Mission Impossible in there as well. You know, just the idea that you are thrown together as a team, you, you go off and you do good things. Pharaoh's Light Keepers are the ultimate in secret organizations, well-funded, seemingly everywhere and nowhere, made up of some of the most talented individuals in the world. They don't always recruit the best, but they do recruit agents with the most potential. Individuals willing to fight and sacrifice for the betterment of others more than themselves. Did they put that in there just to cover for bad roles? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Possibly.
3: Just eclectic Um, player choices, really.
0: Yeah. This isn't to say that some recruits aren't drawn to the organisation through rumours of its near unlimited resources, of course. Uh, However, to the last, the talents that the enigmatic and anonymous ferros recruits want something better for the world around them. It is this organization that recruits the characters. Pharos has many ways to approach a recruit, as there are lights in the sky. And so what we're going to do is effectively show the introduction to Ferris through one of your characters. So will one of you volunteer to be the lucky one? Yeah, well Great! You are going to be somewhere in England, in London actually, in fact. Specifically London. uh, When you are contacted out of the blue by a mysterious message on your phone. (laughs) And I should note that this message comes through not in email form and not in SMS form. It comes through as a strange message that completely subverts all the functionality of your iPhone. Using using what I will tell you is basically super science. <laughs> this, will, this will probably puzzle you, but uh, where, where are you sitting when the scene appears? And, and what, do you, what do you look like? And what are you dressed in, etc.
2: okay, so uh, Achi is the child of a uh, Nigerian man and a Scottish woman. Oh, great. So he's got very dark skin, got sort of Closely cropped, with that very dense, tight curls with sort of the fade. It's like he's got a modern haircut, but not like super, super trendy. Okay, yeah. He basically just sort of goes to the hairdresser and uh, or the barber and just gets them to do whatever's good. And <laughs> what just, uh, what do the kids today yeah, have? Yeah. Kind of low maintenance stuff. Yeah. Uh, he is wearing jeans, runners, and a jersey of his favorite football team, mm-hmm. which I'm going to say is the Milton King Dons. Okay, yeah. great. Honour of my father being born in Wimbledon. Oh, there you Um, go. Yes. So, uh, he, I think, is just kind of hanging out. He's in a park. Okay. And he's probably multitasking. He's probably watching the game on his phone, Mm -hmm. I think, for his earbuds and also like there's two old men nearby playing a game of chess and he's just sort of like "Mm, mm,
0: wouldn't have done
2: that Mm. (laughs) it's nice he's not saying (laughs) anything to them like he's not being rude
0: he's just kind of like
1: judging from afar
0: he's judging from (laughs) afar Mm. so so of course the camera pans in we our first cut is just showing the skyline of London you know and it's early morning and we can see all of course you know it's just a classic reel of all the landmarks of London and uh, we see shot of the Thames, we see Big Ben, we, we see you in the park exactly as you described and then we zoom in on your phone which is showing the football game but then all of a sudden this absolutely impossible electronic message pops up saying the following. Greetings, we have had our eye on you for some time. My name is Ferros, and I head an organization called The Pharaoh's Light Keepers. In your line of work, you may have heard rumors of our existence. If we've done our jobs, you've never heard of our accomplishments because when we fail, the world pays the price. (laughs) We pride ourselves on the quality of our members and are selective in who we invite to join our ranks. After years of observation and deliberation, it is my delight to extend such an invitation to you. Should you wish to accept this invitation, simply head to the nearest airport throw for you, one of my agents will find you with a plane waiting and the rest of your team on board. I invite you to spend the time getting to know them. They have, after all, received the same offer as you. If you accept, please do not worry about any pets, positions or responsibilities that might burden you. We will see to them in your services to us and proper alibis and excuses will be made. If you have any specific requests, please leave them with the agent at the airport. The communication will destroy itself shortly after its message has been conveyed, and you'll find it resistant to reproduction. Try not to take too long deciding, yes? the world waits for no one so that's what you see on your phone we then immediately cut to you accepting the mission ha 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 you have no choice <laughs> to refuse and we <laughs> <laughs> it's true, <choo-choo>, true motherfucker <laughs> exactly and then we see you like It just like pants away
2: from actually looking around at himself like like he doesn't <laughs> a little bit about technology so he's not like gonna throw his phone away thinking yeah. it's about it's, to explode yeah. it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like wait what he he think about it for a second <laughs> yeah. he does think little,
0: about it he's like <laughs> there's this little glitch on the screen and we see you about ready to just like riff Refuse and delete, but then it cuts to you in the airport. So we see the flashes of Heathrow Airport. We see you looking around a bit bewildered. We'll say that you have like a knapsack or something yeah. like you've packed because you don't know where you're going. Yeah, he's ex-military, so he's definitely got a go bag. Actually, uh, absolutely. And so we see that as you walk in, a random baggage handler, a short, stocky, red-headed woman uh, who looks to be in her sort of late forties or so, just kind of walks over to you and gives you like a knowing look and says, "Come with me, then." And then, once again, you probably just bewildered look, follow her as she leads you. She <laughs> just kind of shrugs, just like, <laughs> I mean... This should be interesting. I mean, sure. So, uh, I will tell you, although we won't see it on screen, so to speak, the experience for the two of you, Ben and Nadia, is mm-hmm. pretty much identical. So you show up. This stranger will address you by name and lead you to a private airship in a remote part of the airport. So we see a flash of you, a little montage of you walking through some what looks to be Almost disused service roads and maintenance tunnels, all humid and filled with pipes. Looks see like a s- like montage where they've got like the different panels on the screens of things happening. Yes, actually, that's even that's that's kind of yeah. perfect. You know what? Actually, and that's a good so as you're walking through the tunnels, uh, I think we see a montage of you two getting. Now we're not going to hear you, yep. but we're going to see you arrive at the airport. So this is a good chance, uh, Nadia. Would you please describe Trace and the attitude and manner by which which she arrives at the airport and is greeted by this mysterious stranger.
1: So I think in terms of her demeanor and what she looks like, she is quite attractive but in kind of a plain and nondescript way. So, like, probably, like, quite traditionally attractive without any particularly notable or interesting features. Mm -hmm. And that is a part of what's so, I think, effective in her ability to move between different roles is that what she looks like to other people is largely influenced by her demeanour and the character that she wears, as well as the different ways that she can do her makeup and her hair and all of that kind of thing as well. She's quite Mm -hmm. proficient in you know that modern disguise of changing your features with contouring and all of the amazing stuff that people can do these days Mm -hmm. she is dressed again very nondescriptly she has some black converse she's got uh, some skinny jeans on with uh, a couple of designer rips Uh, she's wearing a grey hoodie uh, and her hair is out and loose and comes to about um, shoulder length she wears glasses again just kind of almost kind of like an old manny type basic frame Mm -hmm. Um, and she is kind of a little bit tall but she kind of has her shoulders forward and it hunches over a a little bit almost kind of to make herself a little smaller very expressionless and less engaging with someone okay she has like resting plain face
0: (laughs) (laughs) nice and so you would not react overly when this mysterious stranger comes up you would maybe just give them a Cursory nod and follow along without any real emotional reaction showing yeah, in your face. You're just
1: exactly. It actually looks it, quite strange. Yeah,
0: taking it in your stride, fantastic. Uh, ben, what does uh, armory look like, and uh, how does she, how does she arrive? So much
3: like what scope was proposing before, she travels very much with the basic necessities, of her kit. Uh, we're in London, though. Is that correct? is that yep. where We're starting.
0: We are. We as, as we see this little this little <laughs> one frame of the of the the three frame heist movie style Mm -hmm. things playing out at once you are in uh, Heathrow Airport yes indeed
3: assuming that it's Assuming that it's quite cold, it is certainly colder in Siberia. So she's wearing uh, <laughs> she's wearing a tank top, uh, cargo pants, loose fitting, uh, practical uh, clothes. A very worn and patched looking duffel bag um, over one broad shoulder. Close crop, uh, not quite a buzz cut, or at least a buzz cut that's probably been allowed to grow out. a straw blonde hair, piercing blue eyes, and making her way through in a pair of uh, combat boots. Just occasionally casting her eye to one side or the other, not necessarily looking around, focused on where she's going but you get the sense that she's also taking everything that's um in and around her it's probably the most striking thing about her is that she doesn't seem that phased by um the temperature and looks a little out of place in the center of the metro metropolitan hub
0: that is London. (laughs) that's amazing well so to to let you know it is summer but we'll say it's a cold summer and anyway it's fucking England so <laughs> yeah. you know it's, it's <laughs> you're sweating now yeah. I realise we're Australian and so obviously our perception of what is chilly and what is not chilly may be slightly askew but uh, you know what I don't give a shit Speaking it's so. England's cold damn it so and we see all three of you making your way through this strange tunnel it is worth noting you are all escorted by a different mysterious stranger <laughs> so <laughs> the disgruntled baggage handler only takes scope you Trace have got a tall black woman security guard um, in her you know, lean crisp airport security suit and Ben. we will say that you actually have what appears to be a short stocky chubby fellow who is going bald and is very gregarious and looks very much like a like an airport bartender oh. and just kind of like wanders you over with you know gre- gregarious joyfulness <laughs> and, then, and although we can't hear it we can see in your little frame um him talking loudly to you the whole way <laughs> un- unlike the other two so all of you however are led to a remote private airstrip in a very remote part of the airport. Um, it is very isolated, and each of them just kind of point at the ship and the ship? Yeah, the you ship. ship Sorry. And it just made it sound very sort of mm-hmm. grandiose. <laughs> Sorry, a private, a private airstrip. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a plane. There is a jet. And honestly, after all this build-up, when you mm. see this jet, it looks like a really mid-sized puddle jumper. It's actually quite beat up and in need of a new paint job. There is no distinct markings on the outside. You see what may have been a logo at some point, which was replaced by another logo, which is now faded and peeled off and lost to time. However, you can see that the the lowered stairs what do you call them just yeah they're just the stairs right yeah the stairs the lowered stairs are there Uh, they have got red carpet on them and you can see a beautiful Indian woman or South Asian woman who is in her looks to be her late 20s or so and so in this movie of a quantum leap I have cast Tina Desai Uh, she is the South Asian woman that is in Sensei the TV show oh yes yes Yes. so yeah on brand sort Mm -hmm. of a sci-fi there is definitely the option to run a Sensei game using this system by by the way it's very cool run a sensei game using this that's
1: <laughs> really interesting that sounds so good yeah. how many orgies can we have Tom
0: I mean so many Yay! you know I could I, I wh- could whip up some extended orgy yeah. mechanics that's not a problem at all the Mukowski sisters would have wanted it that way start yeah. practicing
3: your four non-blonds, everyone
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes this is my so she is there in a, smiling in her beautiful manner uh, she's wearing a crisp flat attendant suit a blue one it's like a royal blue, not the actual coloring or cut of any of the actual airlines that you are aware of. But she has a brass name tag which says Shani on it. And so we will follow our main protagonist, <laughs> Scope, and she says, hello, it is an absolute pleasure to meet you. My name is Shani. You must be Scope. Please come aboard. And she just leads you into the plane When you get inside We see these two are already sitting inside the plane Mm. Now the inside of the plane is absolutely nothing like the outside It looks like an absolutely beautifully wealthy interior private jet It's also in a very strange mix of very, very contemporary But also very, very old school classy style Like there's lots of unnecessary wooden panels And, you know, rich leather chairs Chesterfields and there's soft warm lighting. It almost looks a little bit like a combination of, imagine if Apple designed a jet, but also was trying to mimic a little bit of the sort of 60s spy movies aesthetic. You know, there's some sort of... Imagine if, like, yeah, the sort of jet you would see uh, in The Incredibles. You know, like, there's a, with the tables that have got that sort of 60s design, mm. overt wood panelling, very comfortable chairs, line the interior. They're all on swivels, but they face the inside. There are tables that stand within reach of each chair, but leaving plenty of room, and there's a galley at the back of the plane, and she wanders back, and of course there is a very large and well-stocked bar Uh, there's also a curtain drawn over what you think looks to be a large widescreen tv or monitor that's very very clearly what it is uh what it's masking so you all come in and you sit shani just sort of smiles politely and says would you care for a drink
1: i'd love one thanks
0: what is now nadia what is trace's favorite drink
1: alcoholic or non-alcoholic alcoholic pills no
0: Pilsner. So without asking what drink you would like, Shani brings you over a Pilsner. Okay, great. And just places it in front of you. And of course, the same thing is repeated for you two. Without asking what your favorite drink is, she brings it over to you. But that's an interesting character moment. What what is uh, Scoop and Armory's favorite drink? Armory is the blood of a Siberian bear.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The blood of Siberian bear I killed myself. (laughs) How did you get (laughs) this
1: How did you know I killed
3: a <laughs> <She> felt- <laughs> Bear last week? <laughs> Actually, she goes for a beer. Uh, okay. Baltica, I think, is uh, pretty popular in Russia. Okay. So, you know, while we're also sure. on, on England, we may as well include most of Europe with this. Yeah. Why not? Uh, but she issues uh, vodka. She, okay. And uh, you're like, you know
0: what? That is stereotype I have no interest in. In the eventuality that they
3: don't have Baltica, she'll just take like a Budweiser. Oh, ben, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> <So> <laughs>
0: That may have Baltika. That's fine. So that is brought to you. Uh, Once again, without asking. And uh, Scroop?
2: As his parents were killed in a car accident, which I've decided involved uh, drunk driving, so he does not drink
0: alcohol. Great. Do you Uh, have a favourite pleasure drink then? Yes, they bring him a club squash. Fantastic. Well, so Shani places this all there. She says, Thank you for coming on such short notice. It was very important that we find people local who fit our particular requirements. And she just sort of smiles politely and just sort of walks over to the bar. Anybody that wants to can get a read... On Shani, and we can do our first roll of the game. Now, allow me to tell you how the system works. So, this is your classic D10 dice pool system. It uses the Story Path system, which is the same system that other games like Scion and They Came From Beneath the Sea use, and Dystopia Rising. It is an evolution of the Storyteller system, as the Trinity Universe was originally in its first edition uh, created by White Wolf in the 90s. It loves its D10s, and so do we. So just like a million D10 dice pool systems, what you're doing is you are taking a number of D10s equal to your skill and then a number of D10s equal to your attribute. Very importantly, the skill is normally set by the story guide, which is me. Hi. And, but the attribute that you use is really open to your interpretation. So you get to be creative and use whatever attribute you think goes with whatever skill that I'm calling on. Uh, so some of them are very obvious like for example you know athletics will often use strength dexterity or sorry might dexterity or stamina Uh, but you get to be you get to think about like approaches in fate accelerated or in legend of the five rings your rings or your elements that we've we've played before and had some fun with so uh, i'm going to say that this will be an empathy check to get a sort of a read on her and one of the more obvious things would be potentially uh, cunning or uh, manipulation, but uh, it's up to you. Nadia, Which uh, are you gonna make the roll?
1: Uh, if I can, I think that would be good, yes. Um, I'm using empathy and then cunning, exactly as you say. Great,
0: now how many dice is that in total?
1: That is seven.
0: So the way the system works, you are looking for an eight or higher, okay? So an eight, nine, or a 10 is a, is a success. Mm-hmm. Just like many White Wolf games, if you roll a 10, it explodes and you get to roll it again. If you then roll an eight, nine, or 10, Once again, there's another success. So you're looking for a number of successes. You have to beat the difficulty. And in a lot of cases, not this particular case, I'm going to keep it really simple, but in a lot of cases, there will be a complication also involved in the role. And what that means is a complication will not stop you from achieving success on the role, but it will make your life more challenging or cause some sort of quirk to appear. The classic example that everyone uses for good reason is imagine that you are trying to climb over a brick wall. The difficulty to climb over the wall would be one, but there might be a complication of Two attributed to the barbed wire at the top of the wall. So if you got one success, then you would get over the wall, but you wouldn't overcome the barbed wire complication. So you might take an injury, you might tear up your clothes, you might leave some evidence behind, etc. Um, so the idea is that in that particular case, you would want to be getting three successes overall to get over the wall and avoid the complication. If you fail, you get a consolation of some kind. The most common consolation is momentum. And momentum is a resource that you have as a pool that you all share. It begins at one per player, so you'll have a momentum pool in the middle there that is gonna be three dice to start with. And then for every time you fail, you get a consolation, which I will normally make uh, momentum, because that's a fun one, because that uses your skill tricks and other nifty little character abilities. So if you have a bonus of any kind, either through a character ability or through circumstance, like if you're trying to punch someone that's prone on the ground, or if you have a, a particular character ability that gives you bonuses to lying or uh, reading people or things like that, then that is always manifested in what's called an enhancement. And it's the final thing I'll describe on the core system because it's a little bit different to other systems, but an enhancement is basically a bonus success. So the key word there is bonus. You have to roll at least one material success, but if you do, then any enhancement you have adds successes to your total. So if you roll two successes and you have an enhancement of two on the roll, that actually becomes four successes. If you roll four successes, it becomes six. But if you roll zero successes, it is still zero successes. So, with all that being said, roll the dice.
1: So she grabs a little bag of peanuts and then kind of, almost like, balls up in the in the corner, kind of puts her, brings her knees to her, her chest, and kind of looking down through her glasses is just watching. What's her name? Sorry, shiny. 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 Just watching Shiny and making some assessments and thinking about how perhaps this contact might help her with her primary goal of finding other people from this now defunct project or mm-hmm. program that she worked with. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, say so eight, nine, ten. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so three successes. And tens roll again if you. I don't think I got a ten. They're all nines.
0: Okay. What I will now tell you is that the difficulty to get a read on her was actually two. Mm-hmm. She's pretty good at hiding her intentions. She's a pretty good social chameleon herself. And there was one, com- a complication of one to avoid her noticing that you are getting a read on her, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So what you determine is very simple. You think that she is not a flight attendant. You think mm-hmm. that perhaps she will be your handler for this. Yes. But more importantly than that, she's trying to get a read on all of you in how you treat her as a flight attendant, as kind of a judge of character, Mm. you know? So she's playing the role of, you know, an overly helpful flight attendant server. And Mm. basically it's just that classic thing. You know, you can judge people by how they treat the waitstaff. That's literally what you think that she's doing. Um, She's, you know, trying to... To the point where she'll even make a couple of intentional mistakes, like almost spilling your beer as she gives it to you and things like that, just to sort of judge if you... If you treat her well. So she, we won't go over it again, but... Shani introduces all of you, you know, by by full name and then using your nickname which you go by, your your code name, I should say, your call sign, uh, Scope, Armory, and Trace. Okay. And yeah, invites you to get to, to get to know each other. She says, "We have a few moments before we will receive contact, so please um, talk amongst yourselves and let me know if I can help you with absolutely anything." Would we have been talking you and I
3: before uh, Scope turned up on the plane?
1: No, I think she Trace at first would have just been. Really quiet And keeping to herself And just Doing the whole Monitoring thing So I think When When this happens Trace is just going to Look at Armory Mm -hmm. And And just say um, I heard of you Oh
3: My reputation precedes me
1: Yeah Good work with the The crew
3: Oh of course You saw the video Uh, It was nothing It it wouldn't have been That big deal If they had only listened At the start But It is good business I have not heard of you though
1: No That's the point Hmm
3: Russian, perhaps? <laughs> no. You'd hmm. make a good one.
1: I have been Russian before, yes. <laughs> yeah. <It> says- yeah.
3: <laughs> <clears throat> Armory <laughs> flashes her like a, a pretty wicked-looking smile at that. The, the, <laughs> the joke is joke is well-received, and she um, finishes off with a swig of beer.
0: Mm. Fantastic. Uh, how about Scoop? Are
2: you quiet? Who are you? Uh, I'm Scoop. Etchy, uh, I
3: guess. Armory. And the blonde woman extends a hand to shake yours? Mm.
2: Yeah, you'll shake it, I'm just alright.
1: So what do you do?
2: Uh, shoot things, plan things, plan to shoot things.
1: That'll be useful?
3: Hmm. Yeah. Starting to think this job might be a little more exciting than advertised.
1: What have you been told?
3: Not much, but if it involves me, it means it probably... It means that we're probably going to some place that is not, how you say, five star. If it involves him, it clearly involves somebody that needs shooting. And I'm not quite sure what it means if it involves you.
1: I'm flexible.
3: Hmm then we'll need to be flexible there.
0: Fantastic, I like that so much. Not rules as written, but I think that interaction was very fun, so I'm actually gonna reward you with the momentum for that. Hooray. Cause I'm a story guy, I say what's what. So, <laughs> so Shani just sort of sits there and watches you for a little while, and then all of a sudden the plane takes off, mm. and you're, you are in the air, and you realize that there is just very little turbulence. Like it is, it is remarkable. You don't have to strap in or anything like that. (laughs) If you believed in such crazy things as inertia dampeners, you would possibly suspect there even is some on this plane. It seems to be... First of all, it is incredibly quiet for a a jet of this size, and especially for the appearance of such a thing from the outside. But then soon you are in the air. Uh, Shani walks to the monitor and draws back the curtain in front of it and then all of a sudden the television behind which is kind of a curved flat screen you know it's concave projects something that you have never seen before which is a holographic image the screen itself is blue it is a deep royal blue and the image that it projects is basically just sort of the the head and shoulder shape of an androgynous figure that is all in black just a complete shadow basically and then a voice begins and the voice also is deliberately opaque. It's, t- it's impossible to determine age, gender, anything at all. They are speaking perfect English, but apart from that, there's not really any way to determine almost anything about this very mysterious figure. And so the figure says, hello. And it's also very much like a voice modulator. Hello, and welcome to Pharaoh's Light Keepers. We are grateful for your particular talents. I trust Shani has been treating you well. You are all currently on your way to Berlin. Earlier today, a bomb went off in the Mall of Berlin. Currently, it's being labeled as domestic terrorism, but we believe there is more to it than that. Our initial assessments have detected a large amount of flux energy on the ground. Flux is a relatively new area of science and information about it is not widely disseminated. It is the energy of pure potentiality and something that we have as a species live with all our lives. Though it is now possible to detect Its possible use, as a weapon here, is deeply concerning to us. We need you on site to find the underlying cause, discover who is responsible, find them, and stop them. Sharni will hand you your tablets, which you can requisition whatever gear you might need, along with contact information and further details. Accommodations near the site will be provided, along with any logistical support you require. This jet will be stored at Berlin Brandenburg Airport for your use on the mission. This should be obvious, But this is a clandestine mission. The light keepers are able to do the good we do because of our secrecy. Your further association with us will be contingent on this as well as your performance in the field. Report in often, serve well, and the light will keep you safe and whole. Good luck, agents. This plane will self-destruct. No, I'm kidding. So that happens. The message ends. And then Shani just smiles. And as, as this is finishing up, she walks over and hands you some tablets. Now, these tablets are basically kind of like very, very... Somewhere between an iPad mini and a very large Android phone. You know, like it's it's about twice the size of... I mean, I guess there are some smartphones that are this big, but it's, you know, like that... It's more like an, like an iPad mini type thing. It is a sleek black design and does not have any logo or insignia that you recognize whatsoever. As soon as you are handed these, each of you, the screen goes dark and then all of a sudden it flashes green twice and clicks to life as you touch it in your Mm -hmm. hand and a little marker that has your name on it and says identity confirmed message scrolls past. And so how it does that you have absolutely no idea. And so this tech seems really just beyond what you've ever seen before. Mm. Additionally, each of the tablets has a custom user-friendly interface. So basically whatever user face you as a character would find easiest to navigate, whether it's you know big app icons like an iPhone or whether it's something more tricksy and opaque, basically this this entire thing is custom built for you. It's a bit strange and you can very easily see that you have got like sort of a database area. It has got an app, which is kind of like, it has the Pharos Light Keepers symbol, which is this little sort of orange. It's on the character sheet. It's on the character sheet, yeah. It's mm. sort of an orange pyramid with some, uh, some light shining out from the top. And that allows you to requisition gear. <laughs> Think of it basically like an Amazon account that you can just put whatever you want into. And you can just type in and search for anything that you like. And if you do a quick search, it's actually quite remarkable what you could potentially order. Like you can order a AK-47 crate of them. You can order a car. You can order a an outfit. Uh, you know, it, it's just got all sorts of things. So um, Shani just kind of sits there and smiles at you knowingly as you, probably with some great mm. interest and alarm, sort of look over this device. Uh, she says, it is connected to the databases of several world intelligence organizations, including, but not limited to, MI5, MI6, the CIA, and she lists like eight other ones.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Can you just give me the parameters of the mission one more time, if you don't mind, please?
0: Absolutely. Yes. So basically, this morning, a bomb has gone off in a mall in Berlin currently it's been labeled as domestic terrorism but because uh, your sources have informed that there seems to be a distinct marker of flux energy Mm -hmm. you know some super science stuff going on you are there to investigate the anomaly find out who's actually behind this and stop them, basically. Simple as that. Find out who set this bomb off, find out what the nature is, what the hell's going on, Mm. put a stop to it. Pretty simple. So she says, oh, also, and she hands you a satchel each, like a, like very, very much like an old school, you know, dossier, you know, manila folder type thing. And on there, each of you has got Four thousand euro passports and Interpol identification. Mm. She says, like identify like it's like an ID saying that we are from Interpol. Yes. So there's there's more. Ah. There's the paperwork, and then there's also you have a badge.
2: Okay. Uh, so
0: mm-hmm. she says, Interpol is the suggested cover. However, if you wish to organise some other identities for your uh, searching of this mall, that can be accommodated for. However, Interpol is a nice cover for this particular situation. She says, there'll be a vehicle, a large van that will be yours to use, meeting us at the airport, of course. If there's any other gear that you require, please enter it into the devices and I will see that it is done.
3: Is there any way that we can track or trace this
0: flux energy? She says, unfortunately not. That is beyond our control. Now, we are still investigating this science as a species. Uh, However, we do recognize its use. There are certain anomalies that can often occur Things that do not make sense with regards to conventionally understood science and physics. You are, of course, to report on anything you find there for our databases. The more information we gather on this energy, the more we can learn.
3: I've not heard of this flux before, and I take it from the looks of my companions that this is new to them too.
0: This is, yeah, this, this is also something to bring up, is that you may be talents, you may be special people who can draw upon, you know, flux energy to use your nifty abilities, but you do this subconsciously. You have got no idea that you have got the various Mm. supernatural gifts that you have.
1: Yeah, Trace is just going to say this sounds like a job for scientists. Why us? What is suitable about our skill set? Sounds like we're investigating shadows.
0: Well, you are investigating people because mm. it was people that set off this bomb. And the the strange science behind it is almost irrelevant to the fact that people wanted to set off a bomb that has killed people in a mall. But and does... so that is your primary in investigation.
1: Fair enough.
3: But it does lead me to this question. If it is a new science, as you say, then the number of people who have access to it must be limited. Indeed. There anyone that is local to Berlin? that has shown any evidence of study.
0: No. Now that you are in the know, I will tell you that there are certain figures throughout the world, uh, secret organizations, much like ours, that are aware of this flux energy and the various weird occurrences that can pop up around it. However, as far as to the specific people responsible, we have no idea. This could be any, any number of people. And that is your job to find out.
1: All right. It's a job. Job's a job.
3: What about yourself, Scope? Is anything that stands up to you?
1: Mm. Sorry, can you say that again? Your accent's a little thick.
3: It's great though. Keep it up. I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that stands out to your scope? or anything that you think that you'll need.
2: Oh, I was uh, putting it in on the, uh, the thing and like, he shows his pad and like, he's <laughs> <No. his> carded <laughs> yeah. for yeah. his He's carded for like so, he, he just it while everyone's he talking he's just like and and, this, and and he, this... just, he just does stuff. Um, <laughs> that's great. What? So it's like he's got like a sniper rifle particular and ammunition that he's very familiar with and trusts.
0: I've been playing a lot of Hitman recently so I'll say that you have a Sega 300 but it's collapsible and so yeah. it's all folded up. Oh yeah, horse. a briefcase sniper rifle. Oh, that's a briefcase of course it is. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so you'll yeah. have a briefcase sniper rifle can there
1: be a sniper rifle where you know like when you like I don't even know how you describe this where you kind of like throw out a truncheon and it extends <laughs> yes. and you like throw it out yeah, and a like, right. telescopic sniper yes it's super science can we have a telescopic <laughs> listen, sniper listen.
0: Rifle? Super, super science is definitely on brand for this but normally that is created by yourselves it's really um, cool, <laughs> it's real cool. Uh, you know what I, I like that idea so much that yeah your, your sniper rifle it's collapsible yeah. but it's collapsible in like a ridiculous way where basically you you flip a switch it's and it just kind of extends insertable inside of itself yeah. and, and, and it can I mean not to a ridiculous degree but enough that it can fit in a briefcase it's probably like. not for like high repeated use no exactly but I reckon like maybe limited rounds limited limited range for a sniper rifle but can yes. easily fit in a briefcase and be popped out and clipped and yeah. extended yeah. oh my god somebody. he's got a
3: gun oh god he's got a bat <laughs> that's
0: great okay um, what else he will say that
2: Uh, it's like uh, I don't know if anyone else has got this I've got um, I'll put earpieces in the cart, I guess oh yeah sorry
0: subtle that would come standard but we'll say that you're the clever one that thought of it absolutely
2: yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, subtle ones though so like you can walk around and you know not like the big ugly ones you see like could you put
3: two more of those if you haven't already
2: yeah, two more. Yeah, sure. All right. All
3: right.
1: Done. So, if we are going to, this is out of game. If we're going to be masquerading as Interpol agents, so do we want to be suited?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, matching suits, maybe. Yeah. Oh,
1: matching. That's a bit weird. Just for start, yeah. Just, just for starters, maybe starting that way, and then having a few. Like she'll order a couple of changes of costumes. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, as soon as you do that, uh, Shani actually holds up a hand and says. Oh, I'm so sorry. At the back of the plane. Many, many outfits for all of you. Okay, cool. I took I took the liberty of, of pre-ordering several outfits that might potentially suit, including, of course, multiple different kinds of cuts of suits.
1: Mm. She can... wanders up the back there and for the first time actually emotes a little bit and yeah. looks excited.
0: Yeah, so you see a whole closet with your name on it and there are five different kinds of suits. There's three or four different kinds of very expensive looking evening wear, like formal wear, and there's active wear, gym wear, and then a whole bunch of sort of odds and ends of Mm. things that you might just put together. So she
1: packs a couple of bits and pieces into a duffel bag Uh and then uh, chooses a kind of like a dark navy blue pantsuit. So just slacks, a white blouse, a jacket, takes a pair of dark sunglasses. Of course. Looks in the makeup section and pulls out a few pieces. And yeah, and then basically goes to the bathroom mm-hmm. and starts outfitting herself. And when she comes out, so just to um, remind us, she kind of looked like a bit of a, a weary traveler yes. before hanging out at an airport. And she walks out very polished and very sharp, Ooh. that uniformed look um, that people have where mm their hair has been like really really carefully and smoothly pulled back into a formal bun. Her features almost look sharper because she's done some contouring with makeup Mm -hmm. where she kind of has created more uh, severe angled lines for herself. She seems to be stand taller not just from the high heels but also kind of in just in size in general. Her shoulders are more firmly set back and uh, she has a severe and serious look on her face now going nice. forward
0: the perfect government agent all, mm-hmm. all of a sudden yeah that's amazing
2: great
3: and you too I, th- I think i have linked a couple of times at the transformation
2: <laughs> I think uh, actually just sort of like goes to the back grabs just the first like grey suit he sees. Mm-hmm. It just starts
0: to getting changed right there. Like he's just like, yeah. 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 Unless it was not obvious, uh, they are all perfectly fitted. In fact, tailored to you. Not just your, not just your size, tailored.
3: Mm. Uh, Trace, I think I could perhaps use some help. It's been a while since I've had to get dressed up.
1: Oh, of course I can help. What do you need?
3: Uh, whatever it is that you're wearing. <laughs>
0: Okay. I, will, I will give you two momentum mm. if you do a Julie Roberts and Pretty Woman scene where you go in <laughs> and come out in various outfits and the two of you are sitting down there and shake, you shake your head with like that that scrunched up face and then eventually you go, yeah, you nod enthusiastically. Yeah, I can, I
1: definitely. I think Trace isn't the kind of person to like make someone over and sit there doing hmm. your makeup, but what she will do is kind of teach you how yes. to make decisions about what to wear for your body shape and size so, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and she'll just say, all right, first of all, let's see what you've got. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, she sends you to make that decision for yourself. And what do you what do you walk out in at first?
3: So first one, I think I'm trying to ape what you're uh, putting in. So yeah. dressing professional. However, the outfit itself is tailored to fit. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's tailored to me. So she's gone for probably a size closer to what uh, Scope was wearing. So the shoulders are much broader. The clothes hang a little bit uh, looser and a little bit more uh, It's also, also
2: good for um jacket and stuff. A little bit mm. looser fitting. Mm. They, they, they don't look as bulky.
3: Mm. How did you see? She's still wearing probably the same uh, combat boots uh, that mm. we saw when she came in with... And there's absolutely no makeup and no change to the hair.
1: Yeah, yeah. So she definitely, we see the montage, she kind of points into the boots and just goes, no. (laughs) Um, And then mimes a few different things and Uh then you can't go back in and yep. come back out looking a little fresher and that happens yep. you know a couple of times over until you end up with
3: uh so probably dressed again near the same to you to provide that uniformed and unified front a pair of sunglasses that she found on like the second or third trip that she's suddenly become very attached to mm-hmm. so they're probably uh her they're probably one of those like uh, mirror shade kind of survival opaque like ski colored things yeah but she likes them so much that she's decided <laughs> just to make them a part of the regular outfit but the rest of it has been that tailored-to-fit pantsuit, tie, one of those more, like, survivalist mechanical watches as opposed to mm-hmm. um, anything that's, like, uh, particularly fancy about it. Yep. And i uh, just trying to think if there's anything else other than the sunglasses that would have stood out to her. Probably still just getting accustomed to the patent leather shoes. So I was about to say, did she go for heels or not? I think she may have went for heels on the first go and mm. then immediately rethought the, the whole <laughs> idea.
1: Yeah, you you walked out looking very like ungainly. Yeah, that's right. It d- doesn't sit naturally on you. Exactly. So play to your strengths.
3: Mm, so in this case, a lot of what she's doing, like she's looking much better and more uh, transformed. Mm-hmm. But she's now starting to kind of break in the um, the shoes a bit, like stretching them out mm. on... Um... Doing
1: some motions with the suit yep. jacket to kind of, you know, maybe even she kind of... Oh, actually, mm. tra- Trace will come over while yes. you're doing that and kind of will open up the suit jacket on mm-hmm. the inside and actually unpick... A, ah, a seam yeah. that's yes. kind of from the arm, armpit to yeah. the to the hip, mm-hmm. and and then say go again, and then you, yes. you throw another punch, and you're like, oh yeah, you hear the snap. Well, yes. Yes. I've, I've got more a range of my, my mm-hmm. motion. Well, this now.
3: is much better. Feels like I don't have to fight the claws and whoever I'm fighting.
1: Exactly.
2: Fantastic. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Grab that pick after you're done, and just start picking all the <laughs> the suit <soup> pockets in <laughs> his fucking suit. <soup>. <laughs> don't know yeah. why they stitch them up. But yeah. They always do.
0: So like,
1: at least you get pockets. That's I don't true. want to hear about it.
0: Nah. <laughs> That's remarkable, and as promised, here is your two momentum.
1: We said three?
0: Two. I'm pretty so, sure you said three times. I'm pretty three sure I said two. <clears throat> With that, then we cut to you arriving. and we see a little montage of you arriving in Berlin. You once again arrive at basically the mirror of where you took off—a very, very out of the way, disused private airstrip. And of course, you know <laughs> we see the flashes of the various Berlin landmarks: uh, Brandenburg Gate, the uh, the Reichstag, or however you call it, museum—you know, Museum Island—all those various things that I certainly. Uh, and, of course, the Berlin Wall Memorial. And then we cut to the actual scene itself as you arrive in your large black van. Uh, now, it's early morning, by the way. The other thing to note is that you arrive in Berlin in about half an hour. Ooh. And the flight time from London to Berlin is normally about an hour and 40 minutes It's like less than half, which once again, you just, you've Mm. stopped questioning at this point. It's all very strange, but there we are. When you arrive on the scene, it is actually still in chaos. There are police cars everywhere. There's like 20 of them. There are emergency responders that are trying to clear the street of rubble. If you want to, you can approach the actual scene itself. You can see, of course, that it's cordoned off. Due to the fact that it's been, you know, a couple of hours since the incident, it's now the time where, You think most of the victims and uh, injured have been removed, although they're still doing a bit of a search, although it seems like for some reason they are doing a bit of a a cautious search. You can pick up more information with a roll, but the thing you can see is that the local Berlin police are all there trying to keep the press away. Because by now, of course, it's just become a bit of a feeding frenzy for the press. And so you can see a whole bunch of them there. There, are, there. Are, but also, there's a, still a very large crowd of, you know, a good few hundred people probably you have some concerns for you know anybody that they knew that was in there that has not been recovered or any of that kind of thing so your van pulls up on the outside of this big street and you approach the the mall itself what is your approach and what do you do uh, real quick Tom gonna yeah. to ask a question about one of the
2: skills here because a lot of them are self explanatory
0: yeah there's a couple I think of. you, you may have questions on yeah, yeah absolutely okay. uh, especially because I have two dots
2: in it uh, what is enigmas
0: yeah so, so enigmas is basically puzzles riddles uh-huh. uh, things like that it is also also what you generally use For your All purpose Kind of investigation Check Right So this is Normally linked with Intellect or cunning Of course Sure Yeah, you know, If you're looking to Be good at Sudoku Or play chess Or for example oh, I don't know Search a crime scene All that I kind know. of thing You know That's Puzzles Clues Riddles That kind of thing This
3: is probably On um, trace to Smooth the way For us to get in Yep
1: yeah, So she Basically we get out And we kind of Huddle around mm-hmm. And Trace just says, first things first, we need to get in. You yeah. two, the best thing you can do right now is hang back a bit behind me, not say too much. Once we're in, then we can speak more freely.
2: No problem with that. Uh, I'll hand out the, uh, I assume that we've gotten at least some of the stuff that we've ordered. Oh, you had all of it. It was all yeah. waiting in the van for you. Oh, cool. In like 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, unless I also anyone had any objections, uh, Scope might drive. Or unless you want to drive. Yep. I've noticed that you've
0: got pilot as well. Either yeah. one of either one of you can drive. Right. Just say, oh, and to be clear, you definitely have the Avengers slash leverage invisible little earpieces. Yeah, yeah that, that, was, was what, so. that was what I was, Yeah, that's
1: what we talked about. So, uh, what she's going to do first yes. is she's going to Sherlock a Comsian from that movie, especially mm-hmm. stylistically, uh-huh. assess the scene, Perfect. and she is looking for. The person who seems to have the most authority.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the person that we be yeah, everything. Do you basically. want me to roll for that? Please do. Uh, it'll be it'll be empathy and I think
1: probably cunning
0: or it could be manipulation.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, oh no, cunning, cunning for the assessment and then manipulation when I start having that conversation.
0: Just to draw back the curtain here, um, with anything like this, where you get to choose your attribute that you use, obviously that means that yes, if you're creative and descriptive, you will get to use your best two or three attributes for almost every role. That's okay, I expect that and I look forward to it because the dirty little secret is, that means that you have to describe it in a creative, interesting way. Oh, no. So don't... Tell don't me, Try to trick us into role-playing. Yes, right? <laughs> so don't worry about it. Just don't don't think that you have to... Uh, you know, it, as long as you can come up with a cool bullshit explanation as to how you can use stamina to do your taxes. Actually, that's, that's an easy one, really, depending on mm-hmm. how big your business is.
1: Yeah. Would anybody be opposed to me using this? Because Go I feel it. like our entry into this is kind of quite critical. Yep.
0: What I will tell right. you... Yeah. I what I will tell you is that you can use momentum after you've rolled.
1: Ah, oh, so okay. I only
0: use it if you need it.
1: All right. So basically, she pulls down her glasses, uh, her dark shades, and then kind of scans around. Okay, perfect. God damn. But I think it's today. It's eight and up. So I've only got one success so far. Oh no, sorry, two successes. Mm-hmm. So I think I definitely might roll another two if that's okay.
0: I, I will actually tell you that two successes is more than sufficient? enough. Sufficient? Yeah.
1: Okay. Just just to
0: let you know, to give you, you guys an idea of um, uh, scale. So the difficulty for accomplishing a task, generally speaking, is one or two. Yeah. It might get to three. Anything further than that normally comes in the form of complications, which actually, right now, I'll say there aren't any. I
3: was just going uh, to ask, could you be making. Uh, the difficulties and complications known to us?
0: I Yes, I should. Actually, that's a very good point. So I'll tell you that the difficulty to get a complete read of this situation is two. Bought that off? Speak. What um, do
1: I see? So
0: you see that there is clearly... A very, very beleaguered and very, very loud and authoritative, authoritative police chief. Uh, she is Jordis Trebel. Uh, I, I have cast her uh, as Jordis Trebel, uh, who is the one of the actors from Dark, oh, which, if you've seen so that, good. if you've seen that uh, TV show on oh, Netflix, okay. Dark. Once again, could probably run Dark using the Trinity Continuum. Just saying, it's uh, it's a very much. A, <laughs>
2: I would never want to play a dark game. Sorry. I've never seen dark, as I understand it, but have to play it from three
0: different rooms simultaneously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Oh, listen, you can make it work. But no, so Jordis Chabelle. So she is a blonde woman in her sort of, uh, I don't know, mid to late 30s, um, maybe maybe early 40s. And she is yelling, has obviously been yelling for so long that she's keeping people in line. Everyone looks afraid of her in her Mm -hmm. proximity. And she is... She has just come from single-handedly stopping a press incursion and now she's walking over to Liaise, clearly, with uh, some first responders. So what you pick up on her is that at, at the present time the approach for her would definitely be yes we're Interpol and yes we're here to help but like I'm not your boss mm-hmm. you think that there'd be a, a very much a kind of an ego pecking order type thing so
1: cooperation that, rather than domination
0: exactly right mm-hmm. you, your your best your best cause would just be to openly say yep we're Interpol we are here to help so yeah but, but but she's definitely the one you want to go to
1: okay no worries so. Uh, you know, I make eye contact with my compatriots and then just mm-hmm. say, Follow me. And she walks up to the police chief mm-hmm. and in perfect German says, uh, Chief, here to help. Okay. Shows the, the badge, back. flashes the badge, and just says, Myself and the scene map is a- are here.
0: That's perfect. Um, so, first of all, you can give me a, a, a first impressions roll, shall we say. Now, your Interpol badge is actually going to give you an enhancement of one, because it's an Interpol badge. Yeah. So you're... Got an extra dice? It's an extra, extra success. An extra if success. If you succeed.
1: Got if it. you succeed. So what is the skill that I'm using? Uh,
0: well, it certainly sounds like persuasion. I, I mean, I guess manipulation, because, you know, you are overall lying. Yes. You're not, you're not Interpol. Ah. One,
1: two... Uh, I've got three ones. They're against me, aren't they?
0: Uh, only if you don't succeed.
1: I do. So I've got three. With the enhancement, I've I got three.
0: Splendid. That's really good. Excellent work. Sorry, once again, didn't give you the difficulty ahead of time, but I will. I will, I will always do that before you spend any momentum or resources, mm-hmm. though, okay? So in order for her to just completely... So what you're doing is you want to raise her attitude because her starting attitude with you is not really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that the the intrigue system is actually really, really well designed in this game, like the social conflict. Uh, well, I'll
1: tell you that what I'm trying to accomplish by this. Please. So in my mind, I've created something which is a department of Interpol called Scene Mappers, mm-hmm. who are the people who come in and... Reconstruct the scene by walking through it and uh, making note of it, and then creating a digital, making up some technology, sure. creates a basically a, a digital map of uh, what happened. Yeah. If anybody's played, I can't remember which Batman game this was. In when the you awesome cycle. Ones, really back and forward through using the digital reconstruction that's kind of what I'm basing this on so if she has questions I Mm -hmm. kind of have this idea that that I'll sell her that this is a new division of Interpol and that's what we're doing and it also kind of explains if we do weird things yes
0: Um, that's perfect it explains
1: that because it is it's such a new technology
0: so that's really great so I will tell you that you have enough to actually turn her from a potential rival to a friend Mm -hmm. and I mean as far far as influence because it's it's quite complex we don't need to go into the full details of it if you get into a real throwdown social conflict I'll go into the nitty gritty of the system but just so you know broadly speaking There's a couple of things you can do. You can either shift somebody's attitude just generally, or you can influence their behavior, which is your classic, you know, you want to get them to do something. So in this case, really what you're doing is just shifting her attitude because the friendlier she is, and also having her believe the lie, which is dumb, okay? So I'll say you have more than enough to do that. And in fact, you're going to have a plus one enhancement on any, you or your friends are going to have a plus one enhancement on any future social role that you make against her. You know, to maybe if you have a very special request or if you mm. want to get her to go out of her way to help you with a particular thing while you're here. But yeah, you just, you just see the relief wash over her face. She actually looks mm. really, really. Relieved to have you here. Clearly, you have come across as somebody competent who, yep, great. Fantastic.
1: Can I retcon something very quickly as well? Absolutely. While we were um, huddling around and having this conversation before we walked off, there's a little coffee cart that was there. Yes. And I order a coffee and I I hand her the coffee as I uh, announce this as well.
0: Nice. So for any major retcons, you can retcon amazing things with your inspiration, which is one of your abilities that you have. I won't require you for a coffee to do yeah. that for a coffee but just so you're aware since, since, since we're bringing up what you can do because this is a scene where you're going to start really doing stuff you have got a resource called inspiration and each of you has got three inspiration mm-hmm. and this is think of it like the talents equivalent of your mana pool Okay, Mm. so once again, completely subconsciously, you don't know that you have this, but this is kind of your ability to manipulate flux energy. And you can do this in a couple of ways. First of all, all of your special gifts that you have, all of the gifts that you have that are borderline supernatural and etc. Normally, they will require a point of inspiration. Another thing you can spend inspiration for is your classic narrative control, which they call uh, dramatic editing. You know, because it mimics TVs and film. Mm -hmm. So you can spend a point of inspiration to be like, oh, I actually know this police chief, we go way back. We were, you know, or you can spend two to to really dramatically affect the scene in some way. Like, oh, there's a fire extinguisher behind the person and it's primed to explode. Or with three, honestly, the the only limit is what I as a story guy will allow. Three will allow you to come back from the dead or to do all sorts of things. Just so you're aware, you've, you've got that there as well. There's a momentum cheat sheet that I've made for you also, which explains how you spend momentum and use it. And also the things that you can use Inspiration for as well She Breathes a sigh A sigh of relief Looks to you And says Oh Thank goodness The last Interpol That I had to deal with Was a very obnoxious man I'm so glad That he's not returned I am Chief Lieberman It is a pleasure And she goes to Warmly shake your hand
1: Yep I return the handshake And I'll say Oh Yes, Daniels, was it? Asking, you know, who that person
0: was. She says, honestly, I can't even remember. It was a couple of years ago, and frankly, I have expunged him from my memory, if you understand. Mm. She oh, thank you. She takes the coffee, and like, almost like, as you put a coffee in her hand, she almost realises now that she's holding
1: it and just kind of, like,
0: just downs it. Like, mm. she just jumps doesn't in. ask. Just what like,
1: Yeah, I'll I'll say um, in in response to that, I'll say uh, wouldn't be the first time somebody expunged uh, a woman expunged him from. um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) She laughs very heartily, and her her really stern face just completely softens, and she looks really she looks really pleasant, although still very 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 weary and beleaguered looking. Um, Now she looks around and says, "Oh yes," and just clicks her fingers a few times and says, "Jordan," and then this this young, (laughs) fresh faced beat cop just like runs up and hands her a piece of paper, and she says, yes, good, go, go, like just shoes him away. She says, here is the maps that we have made of the of the searches that we have been able to do so far. There is a, a, a certain level within there that we have not been able to search with any great degree because the emergency responders still deem it to be unstable. She says, I've marked on the map. Uh, however, of course, you are free to investigate the blast site. She, she, she looks down and says... So there were seven dead, and uh, now at least 12 wounded that we have found. Uh, We believe that we have got all the bodies out though. It was rather central. I have nothing else to tell you, unfortunately. I have not personally made an investigation of the scene. May I ask you as a professional courtesy that we not bullshit each other and you share everything with me that you find and I do the same.
1: Of course. Agreed? I just have one question before we begin. Absolutely. Has anybody identified anything strange or odd? about the circumstances of this.
0: this. No, the actual bomb itself has not yet been investigated. We were told that uh, a higher department would be coming in to do so, so we assume that that's you.
1: We are uh, one of the players, yes. Absolutely. Uh, there's nothing more here to do, but go and see, I think.
0: <laughs> she nods and says, for best of luck, I'll be here if you need anything at all.
1: Thank you. Uh, and then we walk forward.
0: She then turns around and immediately starts screaming at a press person that has slipped past the Mm corner, much, much to his immediate regret. Um, So, (laughs) you you hear his cries of pain as he's handcuffed. So you so you make your way in. Now, as you go in, there's the main concourse of the Merle of Berlin, okay? And it lies in absolute ruins, rubble, and dust. There's a few bloodstains that remain here and there, and that's a very stark contrast to the white tile floor. However, of course, the entire location is just absolutely draped in sediment. So, looking around, there is still dust in the air. It's been a couple of hours, but there's still dust. Obviously, it's a relatively modern building, so you're not worried about asbestos or anything like that. Uh, However, you can see that a lot of the emergency responders, as a couple of them now go out, you pretty much have them all to yourself for the present time. They're probably going to go back in at some point. But actually, as you're going in, a couple of the emergency responders give each of you a face mask and some uh, sort of hazard gloves and a, and a hard hat. Do we have to get like the full like? paper shoes and no it's it's just it's just uh, honestly it it looks a bit rushed but they still just they give they give you face mask hard hat and gloves okay and with that you 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 wander on in i think um you probably even want to use the torch that's on your phone uh just to kind of see through the although it's uh, it's mid-morning there's a lot of daylight coming in through a big skylight that is above a main fountain in the central place there what you can see the bomb itself looks like it went off on a balcony overlooking a fountain in the main concourse Under the rubble of the balcony, and in the ruined remains of the fountain, you can see very clearly, even from here, what appears to be shards of electronical equipment. (laughs) Electronical, electrical equipment, which you at first blush would presume to be parts of the bomb. So I guess you can walk over there. Oh, you can also very clearly see why they have effectively marked off a particular area Of the balcony as a hazard zone because the pillars underneath it have been largely destroyed and it is on a very very slight angle you know it's a little bit precarious so that's probably why they haven't searched in that region too far Mm. anybody that wants to though may give me an investigation check to get us so not against the people this is now going to be an investigation check against the scene Uh, Now, one thing I'll say before you begin is that Trinity Core, Story Path in in particular, Mm. uses the gumshoe tactic, which is if there is a core clue, so something that you have to learn to pick up the plot, you are definitely going to succeed. And the way that this manifests in Trinity is when you've assembled your dice pool for investigation, you're going to take one dice aside and remove it, mm-hmm. but that's going to be an automatic success. Okay. Okay. Sure. And then every additional success you roll is basically either more information about a clue or an extra clue. Uh, so I'm rolling... This not. Uh, Enigmas, I think No, no, sorry So enigmas is probably the main one If you're looking at a scene Uh, However, I will definitely give you the use of survival I think,
3: much like Gumshoe as well The idea is that you suggest a skill based on what is available to you So you're not necessarily rolling just a dedicated investigation skill You say, I'm using my survival to determine tracks or um, means of ingress or egress I'm using enigmas to determine certain things
2: yeah, I was gonna say I'm using my enigmas and cunning to sort of look for to look for
0: things that should be there that aren't. Yeah, and look because because we're all learning. I will I will volunteer that this particular situation, because of the hazardous location, definitely could use survival. Yeah, and then if you want to investigate the actual remnants of the bomb itself, then that would be either tech yeah, or science. Yeah.
2: I'm taking a more broader spectrum view of the whole scene. Yep, mm-hmm. done. Uh, I was considering actually getting getting actually to go up on the roof at some point, just mm. to sort of look down. That's Do, do, do the whole fucking Hawkeye? Mm. I see better from a distance.
1: Mm. Nice. Do you have culture? <laughs> Do I have culture? <laughs> uh, like as an edge or something? As a skill. I have... No, I don't. Oh, but really? I do know what I... Yeah.
2: Neither
1: do I. Um, nobody has culture here. That's so actually surprising
2: in your case. I've got a couple yeah. of gifts that Fair actually
1: not. do kind of help with that. Uh, so as an example, I've got never a stranger, which means I do kind of like fit in and blend yeah. into the culture as uh, no. something that might help with that. But what I'm Florida. thinking of doing is using a friend in every port because mm. One of the things that we are missing as a group here is somebody who's really good at technology. True. As far as I can see, so what I'm thinking of doing is nominating that and using that. I've got
2: So I'm not awful. But yeah. Not.
1: Just to finish what I was saying, so basically having that contact be someone who's yeah. maybe a demolition expert who I'll be able to. Call on my phone mm. and kind of show yeah. him this is what's happened to get him yeah. to be like it's this kind of bomb or this kind of bomb or whatever. I, I think I have a mark. In yeah, terms of you his guys, role. you guys go first though.
3: Yeah,
2: no. Uh, as I said, like I'm looking at a more broad thing. Like I'm not trying to investigate specifically the bomb or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, obviously I'm a sniper, but having been in the military, I've seen various uh, explosions and the fallout thereof. Absolutely. Uh, in a bunch of different things. So like. I should know enough to be able to detect irregularities. Now, I have taken one die out. Yep, so that's, that's a success for
0: one core clue. All
2: right, so that is two successes, one
0: of which is a 10, so it explodes. Oh, wow, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three successes overall. Okay, great. So the first thing you pick up on is the fact that the pieces of the bomb hmm. appear to be mixed, okay? Meaning that there appears to be a very, very advanced super science core surrounded by or jury rigged by some very very common locally acquired bits probably obtained from a local electronic store you know to to make up the difference what you're seeing is that there was a, a very advanced core but it was obviously supplemented or mm-hmm. augmented or finished off i guess with some very, very basic
2: things. So it'd be, be like seeing, like, if, if you could see the bomb before it exploded, it'd be like this very high-tech, like, orb of something. Yeah. And then it's, like, rigged up to, like, an old brick Nokia phone or
0: something to, like that. powered by. Exactly yeah. right. You also realise that, in addition to that, one of the shops down here that was destroyed was actually the equivalent of a, of a smartphone store. Yeah. And so that was kind of mixed up with it, which is probably why they didn't look at this as the remnants of the bomb yet. Uh, but you see, the, like, the remnants of the phones and such. That's not That's not connected. That's a separate thing. Right. The other thing you notice is a couple of really weird things, actually. That's a good roll. So you realize that this explosion is weird. It's weird for a couple of reasons. First of all, the blast intensity is disproportionate to the blast radius. Okay. What I mean by that is the destruction that it has caused to create this little crater on the balcony, mm-hmm. a hole in the balcony above, and even even like the blast below and the way it has almost melted the stone and metal of the balcony and the escalators, for a, an intensity of that size, it should, going by physics, have been a much bigger explosion. It mm-hmm. was not. Uh, it was a, an incredibly... It was almost like a sort of a controlled charge or something. Check that, yeah. yeah, the other thing you can tell is that looking at the scene... There are some very frenzied footprints and some hasty retreats of what looks to be at least a few people. You also determine-
3: Not as surprising, but yeah.
0: So what you, in fact, what you can put together from all this is that this was not intended to be a bomb. It was not intended to explode. Mm. Whatever function this had was not to explode and the people were not prepared for it to do so. So whoever set this up, you can see a lot of like, you know, shuffle footprints, shuffle footprints, and then all of a sudden, shit! All of them just mad cat fleeing. Not the sort of thing that you would see if someone set up a bomb, set the timer properly, walked away looking cool with the explosion in the background, no. You do not think that this was actually set up to be a bomb at all, because if it was, it could have been augmented with just basic stuff to make it bigger. The other thing you notice, (laughs) this is the weirdest thing of all, not only are some pieces exploded, but you also notice that certain bits of the stone have been warped, and that there is some metal object which looks prematurely aged as in there is a brand new piece of a mobile phone that looks like it is rusted over the course of 30 years and this model is two years old hmm. so there is a time anomaly as well as a damage anomaly here Ben what did you get?
3: Uh, I haven't made a roll yet into, I wanted to I went to have an opportunity to kind of Expand and explore on what he's found first before I weigh in. Okay,
0: great. Well, that's what you find. So
2: I'll, like, go through all that, and then I'll... I seem like we've already got our radio is in. Oh, yeah. And I'll just... You're all within earshot now, yeah. anyway, but... Yeah. But, I, like, I don't want to be yelling out, especially when we're talking about weird shit. No. No. I, like, so something's up here. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, this wasn't a bomb. Don't think this was a attack at all. Uh looks like whatever they had uh, was just unstable, and they uh, weren't careful with it, and it went off. Uh, The other Couple of things Is uh, Looks like they were trying to do something with it Because There was some other Like tech uh, Mixed in with it That was not Imagine You put like A Ferrari engine In like Your dad's old Commodore (laughs) I've seen that kind of a thing You know
1: Hmm. Interesting or,
2: sorry I'd, I'd say I'd say your dad's old voxel because I'm British yes. British.
0: <laughs> yeah your dad's old voxel and uh, just be really specific you're very sure that it was that the bomb's purpose was to harness flux energy in some way
2: okay so yeah I'll say like whatever this flux energy is uh this the main bit was supposed to hold it and now we're trying to do something with that uh when they destabilized it also I've found uh some things here that look a piece of a phone that looks like it's been here for about 30 years but this phone model is only about two years old so this flux stuff is some real shit (laughs) uh yeah so that's what
3: i found Hmm. interesting there's some footprints over there i wouldn't mind a closer look at
2: yeah it kind of seemed like they might be out of the. uh they might be scrambling uh to get away they realized what they had done and just sort of booked
3: it i think so let me take a closer look. Okay. Please do, man. All right. So presumably you're suggesting survival. Uh, yes. I guess. <laughs> I would like to make a case for using force, specifically might, to shift pieces of debris out ah. of the way in order to learn more about the path that they followed.
0: Perfect. I love it. Great. Do it.
3: Excellent. So that's going to Just be... Just, like, okay. lifting
2: up
0: a piece of, like, toppled wall. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's great. I love it. And that will be two successes. Fantastic. Okay. So, you pick up on a couple of things. First okay. of all, most of the footprints from those that set up the bomb, you think there was at least six of them. At least. Mm-hmm. You think that most of them fled towards the door, and then where they went to is now covered in sediment. So the trail goes completely dead from that mm-hmm. point onwards. However, you also see that one set of footprints is marked by ever so subtle and actually rubble covered, stains of blood. Mm. And the blood itself seems to be a blood trail that goes up onto the balcony which by the way with that role you also determine just through survival the structural integrity is such that it is actually perfectly safe even though it doesn't look at it you realise you would need to drive a minivan onto there for it to collapse so you you three can all walk up there very safely which is good it means that you that nobody else has gone up there yet and you can be the first and that's where the blood trail goes and from this distance you can actually hear what sounds like laboured breathing
3: I think I found something up this way friends
1: okay
0: and I'll scrabble up there pretty much making an easy thing of it especially if it's safe so you you all scramble up you go up the blasted apart stairs you're up on the balcony now up here there are some shattered stores one of which is a Victoria's Secret lingerie store and it is from here that the blood trail disappears to and you can now very 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 clearly pick up on the Like laboured breathing as you walk into the store. Once again, surrounded by dust, torn pieces of lingerie. I guess you you follow the blood trail and the sounds. By the way, you can all have... A firearm, an extendable baton. Yeah, I've got a pistol.
1: Apparently, I actually—I was about to say i I pull my pistol and kind of don't have it pointed, but it's down by my side.
0: Yeah, we'll say each of you can have you know just sort of a service pistol, an
1: extendable baton. I don't have have mine out.
0: You don't have your—you don't need it. You—you are the weapon. But when you get around behind the counter you can see that there is an injured man. The man looks very military-like. He's tall, broad-shouldered. He's got sort of very, almost a, an 80s-style buzz cut of mousy brown hair, slightly unshaven, hard features. Looks about in his early 40s. Looks very tough, but is in a lot of pain for very obvious reasons. He has a piece of rebar through his midsection. Ooh. He has a gun. He actually has a light 22 Glock, which mm-hmm. he is trying because he's obviously heard you approaching and is trying to point it at you, but you realize he's in no position to do so. And the best that he can do is kind of precariously balance it on one of his upraised knees to be, vaguely in your direction Uh, but yeah he just kind of like and he is dressed by the way in what looks to be a kind of a worker's jumpsuit which is a sky blue color completely now stained of course with both dust and blood
3: alright so probably the easiest way uh, would be to just close distance as quickly as possible so I can secure the weapon okay done uh, before he does accidentally pull a trigger and then start um, going to work trying to treat this guy
0: oh nice listen I'll say you can dash if you dashboard and go to grab the weapon that's mm-hmm. on a roll you're too competent you don't have yep. to worry about that mm-hmm. uh, now the medicine check to yes. keep him stable I mean listen whether you care about his safety or not the fact of the matter particularly if he's one of the, one of the people that caused this mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is if you want answers from, from him yep. he is has clearly gotten excited having seen you He's got mm-hmm. he's, he's getting stressed out and yep. he's almost hyperventilating so if you want to stop him from past out you'll need a medicine check. Definitely medicine and yeah. then whatever stat you like. I'm using composure for this
3: one so that I can try and calm him down and I'm doing that by exiting my own calm.
0: I like that. That's perfect. Please roll. Alright. I will tell you that it's difficulty two. Thank you Carly. That is
2: just say while you're doing that flavorfully, like you take the gun of him and I take the gun off yes, and basically exactly just like pull the clip out, eject the cartridge. Yeah. You nice. Know, make sure it's clear and safe. Yes. So I love it.
0: Perfect. So it's just like it's a quick little sort of snatch, throw you catch in the air perfect it's all it's all taken care of it is worth pointing out at this point each of you speaks perfect English mm-hmm. perfect German oh okay. good and any other languages that you want they're pretty yep. free and loose with the languages in this one obviously you know perhaps Nigerian would be a good excuse or Gaelic for your character scope and Russian Russian you know basically if you want to speak a language and you can vaguely justify it you do but very importantly you, you speak perfect uh, I German I actually look this up apparently English in- English is the official language of Nigeria.
1: <laughs> oh, well, it's sorry. Just one of those places What's where,
0: well, it's uh, in the, They have local languages, obviously, yeah. in a lot of them. Um, sorry, the, the reason I bring this up is because Chief Lieberman spoke to you in English, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that because you're from Interpol, the most likely language that you would speak would be English mm-hmm. or French. Uh, or French, of course, of course definitely. Uh, however, mm-hmm. this this gentleman uh, looks to you and sa- and speaks in, in German, and says, "What are you doing?"
3: On two successes, I simply reply at the moment I'm keeping
0: you alive. Okay, great. It looks like he wants to react angrily, but then just can't and just gives up and just actually looks really grateful. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's perfect. In fact, you're going to have plus two enhancement on any social checks that you want to do to this guy because you offered Mm -hmm. to heal him and and successfully did so. Excellent. He says, if you want anything from me, it will be useless. It is too late.
2: Uh, Can I actually? I'm going to use my warrior's eye ability. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to spend an inspiration and ask the story guide questions about the mechanical ca- uh, capabilities of combatants around your character.
0: Well, in that case, you, you know for a fact that he was probably ex-military, but low ranking. Nothing yeah. s- nothing special. You know? Yeah. Uh, but he, but yeah, he definitely looks military. Going with the idea that he is some kind of domestic terrorist disenfranchised military seems to definitely be his aura that he's giving off fair
2: enough so yeah I'll sort of maybe I'll take a step back mm-hmm. uh, maybe take a few step backs it, uh, steps mm-hmm. back sure. just so that like it's not obvious that I'm feeding Ben's mm-hmm. character information Understood. or even sort of Nadia's character if she wants to j- jump in and play good cop or bad cop and just say like yeah he's, uh looks like he's served for a while nothing special but he kind of looks angry at something or someone so maybe you
3: say that. I'm going to put that on you, I think, while I'm yeah. attending. Uh,
1: Does Anybody else want to do anything else first? No, nah, you
3: jump in. It, it's been a while.
1: All right. So he looks ex-military, and that's the only thing that we're getting from him at this po- at this moment.
0: Yeah. You, you, just emotionally, without even having to roll yet, mm-hmm. uh, you can already pick up on the fact that he is uh, obviously hostile, but that's been changed because of the fact that he's been healed by you. You think that he is probably disenfranchised a bit with his group. You think that the fact that maybe because he was left here and they didn't come back to collect him, you know, maybe his motivation to whatever they were doing has not held through. Maybe this explosion was completely unexpected to him as well. You think he's really indoctrinated, but that's but that's now wavering. And he, look, he looks afraid, frankly.
1: Yeah, fair enough. i um, just...
2: Sorry, real quick before you do that, just one quick... Just the rebar that went through him, or was not it... Does that look normal? Yeah, apart from the fact that it flew through
0: him. Yeah, no, it's fine. Okay, yeah. right, thank
1: you. Nothing about this is normal. There is a piece of rebar <laughs> through someone. It was
0: like the, you know, prematurely aged foam thing. I was like, oh, now I get you, yeah. Yes. Well, it's, it's partially turned into J for no reason. No, i <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. <laughs> So, she's going to take on a bit of an affectation of an ex-soldier as well. Now, cool. I don't know anything military myself, so I won't be able to exactly roleplay this. That's okay. But for reference, she's kind of, like, using slang words and things like that that, that normally ex-military would use.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, um, you drop military jargon. Even yeah. You, you know how you don't use it. We, we will translate whatever you say into... Yeah. yeah.
1: And she's, she's just going to go about this indirectly. So, she's, you know, while Ben is... Oh. Well, working on him to try to get him stable. I'm just gonna say, uh, got into a bit of a situation, I see. (laughs) I didn't, uh, I I rather gather you didn't, uh, when you started your day, you didn't expect to be in this position, yes?
0: No, but it doesn't matter. It is all for a good course. The word must be spread and it will be. My death will be meaningless.
1: Well, you're not dead yet, but do spread some words. What's a, what exactly has happened here?
0: He closes his eyes and has a very blissful look on his face and says, 2911, the word, 2911, it will bring us forward.
1: Is that like...
0: You've never heard of this, this is...
1: So it doesn't sound like a um piece of scripture, like Bible verse uh, no. number or something?
0: It, it could be any number of things, frankly. In this particular case, you've, I'll, I'll just say you've never heard of it.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I'll just say, um, your beliefs are strong. I think that that means that you're a person of conviction. Yes? Yes. Tell me, what's happened here?
0: Give me a social role, and don't forget you'll have a plus two inch enhancement because of the fact that you've healed him.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what skill do you want me to use? Listen, persuasion.
0: This is definitely going to be persuasion. Yes.
1: Okay. I'm basically just. I'm trying to. I'm not trying to like lie to him in the sense of being. Yeah, I'm actually from your group. Don't tell me what happened. I'm going to be like. You know. You want to share with me mm-hmm. what has happened because human beings have core need to express themselves. That's true. So. And I'm using manipulation as well. Perfect. For very yeah. obvious reasons.
0: Obviously, yes.
1: All right. Um it's two tens so far. Nice. One more success, so three successes. we
3: also got two enhancement from our healing.
1: Four successes, five, six successes.
3: Wow, that's including the enhancement. Yes, excellent.
1: Okay. And then I, you know, to just to represent that success, I'm just going to say, and this is where it kind of almost seems like it's a power or something. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to like take off my glasses and like look at him directly in his eyes and just say, "You want to tell your truth." You want to speak your truth to me. It almost kind of looks like mm. hypnotism.
0: That's really cool. Okay, so I will tell you that that is way more successes than you need. And what I will allow you to do. Just so that those extra successes... Because first of all, he's, he's going to spill everything mm-hmm. that, he, that he can. So those extra successes don't go to waste. And this actually brings up another cool thing the system allows in its intrigue system. Mm. Is that you can form bonds. Mm. And I think the fact that Ben, your character Armory, helped... Nadia, work mm-hmm. together on this to sort of to heal this guy, get through to him. Mm-hmm. That will be all the justification I think I need for you two to basically work together on forming a camaraderie or friendship bond. Because mm-hmm. one of the ways with
1: him or with each other? No, no, with each other. Yeah,
0: cool. So, so the way this works is relationships in this game uh, have got a mechanical system of benefit. So mm-hmm. one of the things you can do is camaraderie. That's kind of like the lowest level one, which is both of you together working on on an extended task, which is basically healing this guy and getting through to him and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so basically I will take that as your successes on that role. And then mm-hmm. uh, Ben, you got extra successes as well when you were doing it with your medicine check. So basically, long story short, we won't go into the nitty gritty, but it's a cool thing that you've done. Mm-hmm. And so now the two of you, and only the two of you, mm-hmm have formed a camaraderie bond which has five dice and the two of you share this and you can draw on it anytime that the two of you together need to help each other at a social thing so if you need to in the future make any kind of social check together as a team you can potentially use these dice as like extra dice to roll basically nice that's awesome yeah so basically yeah the two of you working together has, has sort of formed this bond there um he says I know what you want. I know that you would like to... You would probably like to stop it, but knows that it was not supposed to be a bomb. It was not supposed to do this. We were not worthy. I told them it was too soon, but the fact is we have failed and they will go on. I have decided now that maybe they are not worthy at all. Maybe you can be. The word must be spread. Humanity must be accelerated forward. We must reach the next stage. Mm. I have stage four lung cancer. Oh. Humanity is flawed. We are weak. This will help us to transcend our limitations. <coughs> and he coughs up some blood. Saturn Alien, the electronic store across the street. We bought it out four months ago. We have the top floor, level four, all to ourselves. It is there that our base is. They will likely be getting ready to leave if they have not left already. But you will find your answers there. Please, succeed if they have failed. Spreads the work <coughs> he coughs a bit and then falls unconscious.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking a few things here. Yep. Yeah. One is that this organization are indoctrinating vulnerable people Mm -hmm. who are close to the end of their lives and have nothing to lose. Yep. Two is that we're now on a timer. Mm. We need to get to that electronic store ASAP. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.